from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Insider CBS Sports. Although uh, Insider, Courtside, however you want to describe him, it's Jonathan Jones. JJ, what's up, man? Hey, man. Doing well. How are you? I don't know. You're the, you're you're living large, man. Courtside at Carolina, Ohio State. Can't ask for much better than that, right? Well, you know, it was uh, I was courtside at Carolina, Ohio State. One, because, of course, I'm a Carolina alum. Two, because I'm in New York City every, every weekend for work. And then on that whole work thing, it was the CBS Sports Classic where I work. So mm-hmm. that's how that happened. Hey, that's cor- That was corporate synergy, man. They were highlighting you. They're highlighting NFL on CBS. And you were highlighting. I'm, I'm just a little disappointed you didn't have the flaps down on that UNC hat. You know what? If I had known that that's when they were going to show me, the flaps would have absolutely been down. <laughs> Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, NFL Insider, joining us here on the OG. Julio is out today. He'll be back on Wednesday. All right, let's start local first before we blow up big picture with owners and, and firings and hirings and everything else. Uh, going into the weekend, it was reported multiple different places that Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach, uh, for the Carolina Panthers, there had been, you know, people inside the building that were really pushing for Wilkes. And then they go and lay an egg against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that the Panthers' playoff chances haven't changed. They literally have not changed despite the loss to the Steelers. But in any way, shape, or form, does the loss change what you might be hearing at at Bank of America Stadium in, in terms of Steve Wilkes and his job? You know, it's a good question. And I reported a couple weeks ago that folks there – absolutely love his leadership but at the end of the day it's going to come down to wins and losses and one could argue hey it's a little unfair it's going to come down to wins and losses when you look at this team when you look at the quarterback situation and expect them to win games down the stretch you know without their mvp and christian mccaffrey uh you know and all of those things right but ultimately you had a a steelers team that was reeling mm-hmm. right and they come into carolina and you're feeling good coming off that seattle win and not only that but david tepper was a part owner of the Steelers, right? So he really wanted to beat the Steelers and, and hand Mike Tomlin his first losing season ever. And so I don't think that losing to the Steelers necessarily hurt Steve Wilkes so much as if he would have won, it would have helped even more if, if that delineation makes sense. But you're right. You know, the, their playoff odds are still essentially the same. Um, they're just going to have to, you know, beat the Bucks. And that's that. But gosh, having to beat Tom Brady down the stretch is a difficult proposition. Yeah, that's that's the part that I think we are giving little uh, suction to. Yeah, it's it. I get that they still control their destiny, but I looked at this final four game stretch, Jonathan. They could go three and one. You could, I, I like you said, the Steelers were ripe to be beat given all the circumstances. Detroit, on the other hand, is on the uptick. They're healthier. You know, the Dan Campbell thing is going right now. Everybody's really in love with the uh, with the Lions. And then you're leaving it to chance against the Falcons and the Buccaneers to help you out, or specifically Tom Brady to help you out. I don't see that happening, especially who the Bucks have remaining on their schedule because they also are dealing with teams that are you know on their third or fourth quarterback at this point. So I just felt I just felt like. Pittsburgh was the opportunity, and they blew it. Yeah, in my best Ron Rivera voice, it was a missed opportunity (laughs) for the Carolina Panthers, right? I mean, you're going to have the Detroit Lions another big game if we're talking about David Tepper when you consider what the Lions are doing, especially at offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. with Ben Johnson. If you don't know that name, folks should get to know uh, that name. He's going to be drawing some head coaching interviews uh, in a couple of weeks. But 
yeah, it, look, if I tell you that, hey, you have to beat Tom Brady in January, you don't want to take that bet, uh, uh, no matter what his team is looking like. And so um, when I when I look at that, that's the difficult part for me, is that that ultimately is what the hump that, that the Carolina Panthers are going to have to get over. And, yeah, the, the Bucks look pretty rough right now, but it's still Tom Brady in January, and I don't like that. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports NFL Insider, joining us here on the OG. Jillio out today. He'll be back on Wednesday. All right, let's go into some of that insider knowledge that you have and you've reported on. Uh, the, the league apparently telling the owners, hey, could you quit firing coaches and giving them all these buyouts? But here's my curiosity, Jonathan. What's it to Roger Goodell and the offices in New York how David Tepper decides to throw money at Matt Rule to go away only to have Nebraska offset that money with the big contract he got? What's really going on here? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, Joe, because I'm not sure that that big number, $800 million or so dollars in money that owners have burnt in the last five years to fired coaches, I don't know that it's actually $800 million. Because if you're including Matt Rule and his 40-some million dollars that David Tepper owes him, but you're not subtracting all the offsets from the Nebraska deal, you know, there was a huge number out there, 42 million or whatever David Tepper owed Matt Rule. It's ultimately going to be somewhere between a million to two million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not 40. That's a lot. And so uh, that's number one. Number two. So I don't really know how they came up with that number. Um, but number two yeah, what is it to Roger Goodell? What is it to the league office? I mean, maybe they're telling them to practice a little more patience. And you look at it, the Cincinnati Bengals, for example. Zach Taylor would have been fired a lot of different places after his first two seasons in Cincinnati. And then he was able to turn it around. Dan Campbell, if um, Shayla Ford-Hemp had a quick trigger, she could have fired him when they started 1-6 and this season after 3-13-1 last year. So, uh, if, it is, if the point of it is to preach a little bit more patience, I understand. But if it is to say, hey, guys, maybe you should stop spending so much money, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Well, I mean, how much of this is also uh, diversity related as well? Uh, I know Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, floated this out there like, hey, if you stop firing coaches, you stop feeding the metrics of you not hiring minority coaches. Uh, and there clearly still is some level of friction here because I know you had also had a story about the owners' meetings and simply pointing out, hey, uh, the combine, it, it's kind of problematic, y'all. And owners had a problem with being it being pointed out to them that the combine continues to be somewhat problematic. Yeah, they had a real issue with it. And it was interesting. So Troy Vincent, the NFL executive vice president of football ops, he goes up there and he says, hey, we're going to make some changes to the combine. We're not going to have these guys wait around uh, for an MRI all day. Uh, on a on a knee that they had an MRI taken six weeks ago. We're just going to have our doctors go get that MRI. We're not going to have three dozen doctors touch a shoulder. We're just going to have a dozen doctors touch a shoulder. And so, uh, and then he said something to the effect of, you know, the the the, the characteristics of the slave auction, um, as the combine has been known to some players and some people, uh, those days are over. And then owners shot up, according to sources. And so Arthur Blank stood up and said, hey, I'm not taking part in any sort of uh, racist uh, system. And Art Rooney stood up and essentially said, hey, uh, we need to combine for medical information. So that's that. Jerry Jones said it was a privilege to work in the NFL and started talking about all the numbers of people who try to get into the NFL who ultimately get drafted. Uh, and so it was a very, very tense moment there in Texas this past week at the league owners meetings. And um, folks 
owners are still not very happy with that uh, phrasing and with Troy Vincent. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, NFL Insider, joining us here on the OG. Jillio out today. He'll be back on Wednesday. All right, so uh, I, I really appreciated the use of yeeted in a, in a <laughs> column today on CBSSports.com in relation to uh, Pack Pro Jacoby Myers <laughs> throwing it back to Mac Jones in, in a disaster of a uh, of an ending against the Raiders. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Is Bill Bill Belichick going to get so frustrated by what's going on with this team that he might just say, screw this, and I'm going to go coach a D3 lacrosse team? Uh, You know, the thing, Joe, that has been on my mind, and thank you because I was so excited that I could say that Jacoby (laughs) Myers yeeted that ball uh, to, to Mac Jones and did a little did a little Pythagorean theorem to come up with the air distance the ball traveled. It was, uh, it was about 24 yards in the air, by the Ooh. way. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so the thing that I've had my eye on ever since that Atlanta Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams was I started doing the math on it. And I was like, you know what? Bill Belichick, at his age, he should – want to stick around and try to break Don Shula's record sure. of all-time wins, right? And so he's so close, right? Like, even if he has just average seasons the next couple of years, he'll get it in, like, two years. But, man, if you're going to keep losing games like this, I don't know that you do want to stick around. I don't know that, you know, Bob Kraft, you know, wants you to stick around. And I'm not reporting anything, but if we look at the Patriots' ethos over the past two decades – What's the thing about Bill Belichick and all the people who have done such great things for him and his organization? It's, hey, I'd rather cut you a year too early than a year too late. And so why would you not apply that to the head coach if you are uh, the owner? And so I just I I say that to say it's hard to imagine a world where Bill Belichick doesn't get to go out on his own terms. But I know it's being bandied about. I live up here in New England and uh, folks are, are obviously displeased. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to get a Tom Brady reunion because uh, there's there's speculation that this this isn't it for Tom Brady, uh, but it won't be with the Buccaneers. Uh, there's a speculation that, oh, well, you know, he'll go, quote-unquote, home uh, to San Francisco, and you see what Kyle Shanahan's got built. Maybe it's a similar situation to how he won a championship with the Buccaneers. But people float out the, the, the Patriots, and it's like, man, even Mac Jones is over how these things are going on, and that's just Mac Jones. How's Tom Brady going to deal with that? Yeah, it, it would be interesting. I don't think that Tom Brady's going to be playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. I'm no. not entirely sure he's going to retire right. And I understand why everyone wants to send him to the San Francisco 49ers. However, 
you know, Niners just got a pretty good look at Tom Brady mm-hmm. uh, last week, right? Uh, so that's number one. Number two, you know, uh, there is the personal element of I'm, I'm not certain that Tom Brady, now that he is divorced and is splitting time and, and having to share custody of his children, wants to move across the country mm-hmm. from them. And so I think there is going to be uh, some some geographical issues there where I, see, at I see where you're going with this here's right. Tom, Bra- Tom Brady Carolina Panthers quarterback <laughs> or, or the Tennessee Titans oh okay but okay. Uh, yeah yeah don't 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 because Brady Brady's Carolina. probably looking at the south going y'all ain't getting any better so you know what maybe I'll, I'll mix it up I'm gonna get the hell out of Tampa Bay go to the Panthers and I'll try to win the division again that would be something where do you think he would live in Charlotte uh, I mean, you're the you're the you're the Charlotte guy, man. You tell me. I mean, what is it? Yeah. Is Myers Park the fancy stuff? Is that what it is? That is that is some of the fancy stuff. And you know, Cam sold his condo, I believe, to Lamelo. To Lamelo, yeah. A couple of years, yeah, a couple of years ago. So, um, but no, I'm sure that he could find something yeah. uh, in Uptown. What's the uh, what's what's the uh, what's that fancy where the burial is now and uh, and everything else? What's what's the name of that uh, that neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been there. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's been a while. It'll come to me later. But there's a there's an up and coming gentrified neighborhood that he would absolutely hang out in. It'll it'll come to me later. All right, we'll close on this. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, NFL Insider. Um, so it's it's time to go back to Cooper Rush, right, in Dallas? Oh gosh, hey man, it's, that, it's freak out time for the Cowboys. Freak out time. Yeah. You know, I, look the what happened yesterday for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a quarterback who had been really close. And that was a coach. I know you're asking about the Cowboys. But, like, people got to understand about the Jags. Yeah. Doug Peterson is obviously a really good coach. And Trevor Lawrence is a great, fantastic young quarterback who kept turning the football over in two-minute situations. And he did it yesterday against uh, the Cowboys. He was just fortunate that he got the ball back. And so things are starting to click for them. Um, and so they are going to be a very scary team, I think, next year. Uh, but all that said on the Cowboys, listen, they're still putting points on the board. And we talked about playing Tom Brady in January. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that anybody wants to see the Cowboys come into their place as a five seed uh, once <laughs> we get to the playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. And by the way, it's Plaza Midwood in Charlotte. That's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hella gentrified. Yeah. That's totally where Tom Brady would live in Charlotte. Absolutely. I, they got they got the uh, the crunchy you know Whole Foods type places there. All right, man. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports. Uh, put your UNC hat back on. We'll talk to you later, man. Appreciate it, man. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.